0: listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast.
1: This week's episode of the Traditional Outdoors Podcast is brought to you by TradGang. TradGang.com is 100% totally devoted to traditional bow hunting. The three goals of TradGang are as follows. To offer a public website for those that love the sport of hunting with traditional archery equipment such as self bows, longbows, and recurs. To create a friendly atmosphere for all, dedicated to the discussion of all topics that relate to traditional bow hunting. And to support traditional bow hunting and archery manufacturers, vendors, services, and organizations. Good folks that have their hearts and souls poured into the sport. And with their new platform, all members now have the ability of direct posting. Meaning you can post directly from your phone or your computer. And there's also no need for third-party hosting or having your pictures fall away or being held hostage. Now your photos will be forever documented on the Trad Gang server. So if you have never been a member of Trad Gang and want to join a great community of traditional bow hunters, head over to www.tradgang.com and register today. If you have been a member that has been away for a while, I welcome you to return to Trad King and get involved in the great discussions going on there. Now on to this week's episode. Well, welcome everyone to the podcast. Tonight, I've got uh, my co-host at large joining me again, Mr. Tom Jurgensen. How you doing, Tom?
0: I'm doing great, Steve. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing good. uh, you know, I just, um, dropped Nick off at the airport last night, he, He was down here for a few days hunting with me and, uh, he headed home with nothing other than some, you know, a few good memories, but it was, it was a very uneventful, I think total we saw, we saw four deer. Uh, our only consolation was talking to, talking to Jerry Russell. He said there were, um, six people on other leases right around us that, that he manages himself. Uh, his son, Luke, me and Nick and Nick and I were the only one that saw anything, uh, over two days of, of hunting down there. So it, okay. it, it has been better. So, but anyway, but, uh, so I told him he could, he could have the, the night off and catch back up with his family. And, and I know you had wanted, uh, to participate in this episode. We are joined tonight by Mr. Terry green of trad gang. How are you, Terry? I'm doing fine. Thank you for thank you for joining us. You've been uh, you been getting much hunting in so far this year. No, not a lot this
2: year. I did uh, stalk four bears opening weekend, two on Saturday and two on Sunday, um, which was pretty eventful and um, quite a rush. Uh, in In between the bears, I stalked eight hogs for about 45 minutes and um and i stalked some other ball uh other hogs um didn't see how many there were um but so i had an event pull up in the weekend one of the most i can remember well i kn- but i haven't i haven't spent a lot of time in the woods since beyond that
1: so i've had actually seen more bear this year and i i pretty much treat bear as a uh uh, an animal love opportunity, although I think after this year that's going to change. But, um, you know, if I, I'll be deer hunting, and if I get an opportunity at a, at a bear, great. Um, but I saw a lot more bears this year. Um, the areas where I was hunting, just no white oaks at all producing, and the bears were having to travel more. Um, but I was talking to Jerry Russell. I don't know if you know Jerry or not, Terry, but I was talking to him Saturday night, um, and he, he runs a tracking service among other things. And he said he has had more, um, calls on bears this year. And, you know, he said, you know, it was one of those things he can't prove it, but he feels like a lot of it is because of the baiting law that was passed. And a lot of people are, are baiting for whitetails, but deer are coming to the corn and they're shooting the bear, which they're not supposed to do. Um, I don't know if you have any, any thoughts on that or not.
2: I I don't have any. I don't bait for deer and I don't bait for bear. Um. So I I don't have anything I could guess could add to that. that that's probably a good uh, synopsis that Jerry's come up with. He pretty much knows what he's doing. That's for dang sure. And I've never met Jerry, but we've had near misses several times. But we've talked on the phone and and talked on track gang and through emails. And uh, that could be the case
1: uh, for sure. Yeah, and I don't I don't. I don't bait either. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even do food plots unless it's uh, you know. I've got one piece of property that I do plant some food plots in outside of season, but I don't plant anything that I that I'm hunting over. But uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I'd, I would like to add that I have hunted over uh, feeders before in Texas, and I have in some places on hogs, um, and I you know nothing against it. I'm just saying, for me, for deer, I just but rather not i'd rather play the play the game and put the puzzle together and um you know same
1: with bears and
2: uh but i have have traveled elsewhere and uh, it's a different different type of hunting and um but i just don't do it here at home
1: yeah and i've hunted hogs the same way i've hunted hogs over bay and i've hunted them spot and stalk and i'll be honest i enjoy doing it both ways myself uh, but we kind of went off on a on a, a tangent there just right off the bat terry which is fine but uh did want to get into, um, you know, obviously, you know, you're, you're a, a big traditional bow hunter, but, uh, would like to know how long have you been doing traditional bow hunting and, and how did you kind of get started?
2: Well, I got started, uh, in, uh, Cub Scouts. I went to Camp Sidney Dew in North Georgia, actually in Northwest Georgia when I was uh, eight years old and, and, um, I had, a Take an archery class and I, I had a little issue that and I couldn't swim. I had a, a big cut and the doctor didn't want me to swim to get germs in it. So I went to archery twice. That's what I chose. They said, well, you can't swim. So what would you like to do? I said, I want to go back to archery. And, um, and the guy that was teaching me noticed that I had a thing for it. And that I guess I was, I don't know. He just said, yeah, why don't you come back and you can shoot again. And, um, so I came back and shot again. And then the next day he said, I want you to be my demonstrator. I want to tell these guys how what we're going to do and I want you to perform it. And I thought, well, heck, I just got here yesterday. <laughs> and um uh, but but he had me doing because, you know, and I didn't think nothing about it other than, you know, maybe I was just a dummy, you know. And evidently I wasn't. And um So at the end of the week, you know, there's four hundred of us there, all these scout these uh, you know, Cub Scout troops from all over. And uh I said I was eight years old, and and they had a tournament uh, at the end, and um, so I shot in the tournament, and uh, uh, there was a guy named uh, Steve Crow uh, that that was shooting um, in the tournament, and uh, this guy that was teaching me, his son kept coming up to me, and said, "Man, you better stay on, man. You're doing good. You better stay on. Don't let down Steve Crow, man. He's he's hot. He's I didn't know who Steve Crow was. I didn't know nothing about it." And um, I don't know if the guy did. I don't know if the guy wanted Steve to win or me to win. I don't know. Um, I was just too young to know what the heck was going on, but I kept shooting. And um, so anyway, uh, didn't know what happened. I just shot, and you know, whatever. So anyway, um, that night, you know, at the end of the week, that was the end of the week. The shooting was all the parents come, and they had this council ring, you know, in the middle of the woods, which was basically a, a rock coliseum rock you know, rock seats, you know. Um uh it was made with rocks and mortar and stuff and out in the woods and and had a big archway over it and stuff. And so all the parents and the Cub Scouts were there and and um they were giving out awards and stuff for people that did stuff and the guy that came up, um, that taught taught me, he got up and he said, I'm gonna give out the archery award and uh and this is a true story man i didn't know what was going on didn't know nothing and this guy had been doing this for years and he got up and he said i i just want everybody to know that um i've been teaching this for a long time and uh he said i don't know if many of y'all know or not but i was ranked third in the nation at one time in archery and um i got put out of the olympics because we shot five, five arrows at a um, target and I hit a knock and it deflected off and I got knocked out of the Olympics. Wow. Later, later I found out he's the reason that they went to a five spot target. <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Huh. This guy, yeah, this guy was, uh, um, had met Fred bear and he was friends with, um, several other guys that were really big back, uh, back in the day. And, um, so anyway, he started telling about this young kid that um, he had never taught anybody that was so fast at grabbing thing, grabbing it and uh, and shooting it and he was just blown away and this guy just destroyed everybody on the tar on the tournament and I'm thinking God that dead gum Steve crow <laughs> that thanks Steve Crow. I still remember his name people okay so that's that tells you how much of an impact it had on me. still remember the guy's name. And uh, he held up. He held up and said, "I want to give the first trophy I ever won in archery to Mr. Terry Green." And I like to fail out in the floor. Um, I couldn't believe it. And uh, it's just it was just one of those things. And uh, kind of find out who was big buddies uh, with Dan Quillian from Georgia. Yeah. I know Steve knows who that is. Steve Steve knows, and he's the reason. Uh, Dan Quillian's the reason that we have a we had our first uh, statewide bow hunting season because of the challenge uh to the guy at the state fair that didn't want to allow bow hunting and that's a whole different story so uh we'll, we'll let some people look that up
1: well i'm actually very i'm actually story. talking to uh his son about getting him
0: on the podcast
1: so i'm sure that story will come out <laughs>
2: well that, let's let him tell it then yeah absolutely
0: wow i can't wait to hear that I- Sounds like a good story. We Michigan we have a pretty good one too about getting our first season. Um Terry, we had some good opportunities to go hunting. And you mentioned uh deer and, and bear and hogs and what um I know you've hunted some, some pretty crazy places and stuff. What uh what do you really enjoy getting after?
2: Well, it's all a challenge, it's all a little different. But day in and day out, I have to say that <laughs> I'd say that hog hunting is the probably the most fun thing that I've ever hunted. And uh, if you want to know why it's because it's absolute chaos <laughs> when it happens. I mean, it, you know, they're, they're very, um, they're very cagey animals. Um, they're very quirky animals. Um, sometimes you can walk up and pet them on the head and other times, you can blink it a hundred yards and they're gone. I mean, it, you just never know what's going to happen with hogs. I mean, it's just, um, it's a it's a it's a really fun way to hunt, especially stalking on the ground. Yeah, you can hunt them over feeders, and I've done that too. And I've actually stalk feeders. You know, stalk from one feeder and stalk through the woods, stalk to another feeder, um, and just gone stalking and listening. And they're you know they're very vocal. They tell on themselves, um, and they're probably. They're, they're more, um, especially the big boars, they're they're more wary of scent, I think, than sometimes whitetails are. Um, whitetails, a lot of times if they smell you, you know, they'll run off 20 yards and turn around and snort at you. Uh, or even a buck, will, you know, he'll start, he'll just raise up and he'll just start easing off and looking back and easing off. Um, if he just smells, you know, you know we all know if we, if we move and they see us and they smell us, then they're gone but. But all a hog has to do, especially a, a single boar hog or a big mama hog, um, if they smell you, it's over. They don't have to see you. They don't have to see you move, or they don't have to hear you. If they smell you, it's over.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and they're and they're in the next county. Unless they're not going to uh, run unless off. Unless the, they're not going to run
1: off twenty yards and turn around and look uh, at you. Unless they run some, by something that smells really good to eat. I have seen them slam on the brakes if they ran by food source. Um, really? <laughs> yeah, I have. Now it was still mass chaos for you know 30 40 yards but yeah i've seen them take off running and and slam on brakes and start eating again um but they're much more wary the next time you try to get close to them when that happens but and there's nothing to i'll echo what you said terry that to me there's nothing like hearing a sound or a hogs coming uh there's nothing subtle about them they love to make yeah. noise
2: yeah. And then there and then there again, if you shoot one, you you know, you're supposed to watch which way it runs and mark it and all that. But the thing with hogs is if you're shooting at a big sounder hogs, 8 to 12, 15 <laughs> hogs, if you shoot one, you better reload because <laughs> they don't know what happened. They have no clue what happened. And all of a sudden, next thing, they're, they're all over you. You know, oh, they're yeah. dodging you to get out of there. And so, I mean, you know, you might get another shot. I mean, I've had the ones that I've shot before make a loop and come back, and stop right in front of me. You know, just shot him again. So <laughs> Tom, they're, they're, it's
1: crazy. It's just crazy. Tom, do you remember a certain video that I made shooting a hog?
0: I, I know the one.
1: <laughs> so it's so funny here. You say that, Terry. So the first hog that I actually shot um, on the property that bordered the bacon, the infamous bacon strip. Was in a stand, had video running when I shot the hog, and I'm so busy watching. It. And when I'm playing this back to Tom later, Tom's sitting there and going, "Why aren't you shooting those other hogs?" <laughs> because like, the one, <laughs> the one there was hit, like
0: 12 I... seconds of you just staring at that <laughs> hog running out and it and and it and it died there, and I'm just like, "Man, reload, you know. Once the mag's empty, you know, <laughs> drop and reload and shoot some more." It was a big big sounder.
1: It was, but yeah, it was a
0: good one.
2: Yeah, and you know, I I always enjoy taking people hog hunting that've never been before, Mm -hmm. and and they're they're expecting to hear oink oink, and you know, I don't tell them anything, and all of a sudden they hear something that sounds like a grizzly bear, (laughs) (laughs) and the first thing I do when I hear the grizzly bear, I look over at them, and and of course they're looking at me, and they're they're waiting to see if you know I'm shaking or I'm nervous, and I just kind of wink at them you know, mm. <laughs> and it's just funny to see somebody's face when they first experience hearing grown hogs, mm. you know, making their noises, which, like I said, is not oink, oink, like on the movies, you know, um, they can make some terrorist, terroristic threats on you, well, vocally, you know,
0: we and, uh, talk about that sound, I, I don't think I ever told the story before, um, I put up a, a tree stand and, uh, was allowed to hunt at night. So I had a little, uh, camera mounted to my bow and, or, uh, rather a, a light. And, uh, but yeah, I was getting toward dark and I had my safety harness on and I, I cinched that strap up just perfect and got to where I couldn't, you know, fall out of my tree stand or anything and just kind of leaned forward into those straps and fell asleep. And I woke up to the sound of six hogs right underneath me and just, Mm-hmm. Button heads and knocking each other out of the way and rooting and oh it was it was just so cool to wake up to the, that sound and uh, that was when I learned that you're, you should have one of those lights that doesn't go full bright instantly and uh, that was the last I saw of that bunch but it was a just a neat experience to wake up and all the sounds of the swamp and then have those hogs right there man I love mm-hmm. pig hunting.
1: Now, Tom, you, Tom, you and Terry, you guys have hunted together for hogs a oh, yeah. few times, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Have. Well, three, four times. uh something like that. Not nearly enough.
2: Yeah. I, 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 uh, was the light man for Tom. One time we snuck over a bridge and, um, uh, snuck up on them and, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun night. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then one time, uh, Tom had shot one, and it was a very low canopy overcast. Very low, and it was mist and rain, and it was kind of interesting. We were having trouble. We found a blood trail, and we kind of lost it. and I said, I'm going to pull out my flashlight, and I know a couple of people kind of snickered at me, and I pulled out that flashlight that I had, and I think everybody in camp bought one after that, (laughs) since we blood-trailed that that hog in the daylight with that flashlight.
0: (laughs) No, it um, it was brilliant. I mean, that that was probably one of the better tips you know I, I picked up along the way it was from you that day cuz you were seeing blood in the shadows underneath the blades of grass that i was missing yeah brilliant
2: interesting yeah well i i'd actually i'd actually tracked a bear like that the same way um, in some white pines and it was overcast it's very dark and, and the blood was on pine needles now you know when it's dark in this brown pine needles that blood just goes straight through the pine needles and um uh, so you have stacks and stacks you know layers and layers of white pine needles for years and it, you know you, if it's a big blotch of blood you can see it but if it's a quarter size you really can't see much because it goes through but and i pulled that light out and that guy said this is insane i said yeah it's crazy so i used it again with tom and them and we found uh ended up finding tom's hog and that was really nice yeah, uh, yeah. so
0: so, nice
1: so the the bridge that you guys were sneaking across is that the bridge down to what's called the turkey foot what we know is a turkey foot or is this a different bridge? It's a different okay. bridge. All right.
2: Secret bridge,
0: Tom, right? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> and the only reason I ask, that's the only bridge that I know of in that area down there. And I was just sitting here thinking, if they snuck across yeah. that bridge, that, that's some ninja skills there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I ended up having a little bit of damage to my truck crossing the bridge that Terry's talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah, A
0: little bit of a steep angle to it, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The other thing that with that tip, eventually I figured out is I got one of those really bright headlamps, you know, for for blood trailing. And I still carry that, you know, other light in my hand because it gives me a second uh, light source at a lower angle. Like I carry that one down low by my waist. Or if I'm down on my hands and knees, it'll be, you know, lower. But yeah. And then it's also uh, one's a, a cool white, one's a bright white. So it gives me a couple different spectrums, but yeah, that was that 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 definitely probably one of the 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 bigger things I've ever picked up a field from somebody else. So thank you well, for what that. What you just described,
2: what you just described, too, Tom. You got uh, two light sources coming from two different angles. It alleviates the shadows.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: So one light creates shadows. The other one comes up and knocks them back. So this cross lighting is really Pretty cool to be able to see,
1: you know. Very interesting. Yeah. The next, the next light blood trail. I, I'm gonna try that because I've never, I've never heard that before, and never, never tried uh, a light during the, during the daylight to find blood that's hidden under leaves. That's very well, interesting.
0: That, that track, we were getting just a little itty bitty pin drop every ten, fifteen, twenty yards. I don't know. It, it, it was one of those ones that. Fit, fit, Felt pretty hopeless for most of the trail. Um, But there was a bunch of little red dots all over too, like little in the foliage. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'd uh, left it overnight. Uh, But I had a bottle that misted. uh, It was for misting olive oil into pans. But I had it filled with hydrogen peroxide. Mm -hmm. And so we'd be like, I think I got blood, You, you know, toss the bottle over and they'd squirt it and be like nope and we we so we we found a lot of spots and then we confirmed them and it it got us on the right track and uh like you said jeremy we we recovered that hog and that is probably one of the most delicious hogs i mean i've never had a bad one but that one was a just exceptional pig
2: well you worked hard for that one yeah i I mean you were very meticulous, exactly how you were going to kill him and where he was going to come from, where you was going to have him stand, what quarter angle you was going to have him, and everything worked.
0: Yeah. Yep. Every once in a while.
1: All right. You two are are making me kind of envious because every time that hunt has come up, I've never been able to – that y'all are talking about that you've done over the years. I've just always had a conflict, never been able to make it. So – we're gonna have to we're gonna have to talk about that and make a point and make that happen sometime soon Yeah,
2: well, mm-hmm. we need to that's
1: for sure well and terry i guess i want to i'm gonna shift gears just a a little bit so you know i've i've known you for quite a long time virtually we've never met face to face not not once as as long as i've known you but so obviously we met through trad gang and you know, I've heard some versions of this story, but I did want to spend a little bit of time talking about uh Trad Gang and you know, what if, from your point of view, what was the what was the catalyst to actually launch Trad Gang? Because you know, arguably, I think it could be said that Trad Gang has probably uh introduced more people to traditional bow hunting than pretty much anything out there unless you maybe traditional bowhunter magazine maybe, but um just the 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 social aspect of people being able to engage and ask questions and 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 you know learn from other people that are being successful in my opinion really was influential in in part of the surge that we've had with traditional bow hunting so anyway what was the catalyst for you to actually launch that website and get it get it off the ground
2: well there were some other uh websites out there and um I felt, like, I felt like that the traditional bow hunters deserved a better option or a different option if they chose uh, the way I felt about it. And um, I wanted it to be more of a true campfire, but it's a cyber campfire. You can't get around that. It's on the internet. But I wanted it to be a, more like a campfire. Um, I'd been in leases when I grew up. Uh, I was on leases on you know traditional bow hunting and... And I've been on group hunts with people, um, and I just wanted that camp campfire atmosphere at night when you come in, and you know you can you can pick at somebody, you can raz somebody, you can learn what they did to sharpen a broadhead, you can learn a tip from somebody else about you know you got a problem shooting, um, you can uh, find out tuning stuff, um, you know a certain knife that's really nice to skin with, and you learn all kinds of stuff you know in camp, and. Um, but you still can have a good time and cut up and and, and cut up with each other. Um, but I, what I wanted to get rid of is is the person that walks up to the campfire and hits somebody in the head with a frying pan. That's what I wanted to get rid of. Right. I just mm-hmm. didn't. I just that just happened too often. That um, either that or somebody's pissing in the fire and you can edit that out if you want to. But we're all men here, and that's just that's just the thing that bothered me. Is some of these other you know other options that just it was just it just wasn't representative. I thought. Um, of the quality of the people that I hunted growing up. You know? Mm-hmm. So, I uh, I had no idea what would happen. I uh, started my website and uh, with the help of Rob Stefano rightly, dear God, I don't know what I'd do without him. Um, Rob is pretty much the architect. Um, well, I, wait, wait, let me put that back. He's the actual builder and I guess I was the architect. I told him what I wanted to do and where I wanted this and can we do this, can we do that? And then, He sort of did it. He makes it happen. And, um, you know, I tell him, I want this banner here. I want to crop this and do this and do that. How it gets there, I still to this day have no clue. I have (laughs) have no clue. Um, And it's just like telling the builder, I want this here. I want a chimney over here. I want another chimney over here. And I want this deck to go out this way. I want this window to be a bay window. How it gets that way, I don't care, but that's what I want. So Rob took care of everything that I could see in my mind, which was really great because some people have a hard time uh, getting across, or some people have a hard time accepting the visions of someone else. So Rob was just phenomenal um, uh, at at um, putting together my thoughts. Real, um, it, it just came second nature to him. And so we we put this thing together, and um, he took care of all the code and the gigabytes and gigabytes, whatever that is. And I took care of you know setting the thing up and trying to make it user-friendly and have a theme to it like the broadheads you know on the side where you post the broadheads you know they're all they're flashing if they're new they're mm-hmm. they're reversed if they move forums you know and just all the things that we tried to do and um to make sure it was a it was a bow hunting theme an outdoor theme and uh, it it worked out i just have to say rather well uh, there must have been a lot of people looking for a place like that because it just it went berserk um we uh, we got a certain amount of bandwidth. I remember purchasing a certain amount of bandwidth. And Rob, there's still a thread on there. I saved it and made sure it didn't get away uh, that says Track Gang Day 5. Uh, that's the name of the thread, Track Gang Day 5. Rob calls me and says, Terry, we're out of bandwidth. I said, what?
1: Wow.
2: I said, wow. I said, I just paid for bandwidth. He goes, no, we're out of bandwidth. And I said, okay, well, how much is it for the next level? He said, no, 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 we're not doing that. Buy unlimited now. I said, what? He said, "I've never seen anything like this." Buy unlimited now. I said, "Okay." How much is that? He told me. I said, "Are you sure?" Rob. Should we just wait? No, Terry. (laughs) Sure enough, man. He said, "Buy unlimited." He said, "You have no idea what it cost you. You wrote checks for about three months, every two weeks, trying to keep up." So, so anyway, it just went nuts. It was great timing, I guess, or people were kind of looking for that kind of place, and and um, we, you know, people kind of get upset at me and Rob um, over stuff that really doesn't matter. The site is not about me and Rob. It's not about Charlie Lamb. It's not about Tom. It's not about anybody. It's about traditional bow hunting, and and um, if people would look at my perspective on that, that that I'm trying to present traditional bow hunting in a good light, it has nothing to do with me. And people, people, I guess they 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 just think that way. But the whole site was not built about me. It was about how I thought bow hunters should be represented. And I just wish that more people understood that what I'm trying to guard here is our um, our livelihood that we grew up with and and, and the, the respectful nature that it had and our persona uh, to the outside world that we are a class act. And um, of course, you know, and some of the stuff on St. Jude's, which I'm sure you may ask me, uh, has a lot to do with that as well. But uh, it's not about me. It's not about me and Charlie Lamb and, like I said, Rob Stefano and Kirk Cabrera or whoever. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep traditional bow hunting in the forefront in a very classy way, the best I can do. And um, you know, I've taken a beating for it, but I really don't care. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. I mean, if that's what it, if that's what it takes, you know, uh, that's what it takes. But um, I've tried my best to keep it the same since we began, and and. Um, so I'll shut up and let you.
1: Well, no, no, no. You 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 talk all you want to, Terry, but I will say, you know, you kind of went into some things that I had jotted down here for for if we get to them. So I'm to – and Saint Joe, Saint Jude's is one that I know Tom wants to talk to you about. But uh, before we before we move into that, you know, I think when Charlie Charlie Lamb was on a few weeks ago, and you know we know you know we've had Kurt on, and and some of this dialogue actually came up, you know, during those conversations. Um, and a couple of things that I will, I will say there, you know, there's the interesting thing that you said there is trad gang wasn't about you, wasn't about Rob, wasn't about Kurt, et cetera. And I do think there is an element of people that complain or, or feel like they were singled out or alienated, you know, not everybody, but I think there are some and the flip side of there, that argument to me is, they thought Trad Gang was all about them. Um, and I think you had, and I can say that because we, w- me and, and my co-host Nick, um, Tom, not probably as much as Nick and I do. You know, we use social media a lot to promote um, the podcast. We, we use it to promote, I use it to promote, you know, my Simply Traditional site. Um, so, you know, social media is kind of a necessary evil. But looking back on some of the things that I remember seeing you guys have to deal with on Trad Gang that did offend and alienate some people, you see it playing out on social media. And the difference is social media, just these groups, all they care about is how many members they have. So they let so much of this garbage ride. Traditional bow hunting a site, a forum, a group, whatever it is, it's about traditional bow hunting. And it's not saying you're against a compound hunter. It's just saying, we don't talk about compound hunting in this forum. It's strictly for traditional bow hunting. Um, so, you know, I, I know some of the headaches that you went through. Um, I've, I've seen some of the, the, the infighting that was the, you know, the, the head was lopped off of it pretty quick. um, And like I said, when I was talking to Kurt and I don't even know if you remember this or not, but you and I had, um, uh, uh, one negative interaction years ago. And I, I can't remember exactly how it happened now, but I got an email from you with your phone number. I picked up the phone and called, we spoke and talked like men about it. And the issue was resolved in five minutes and there's never been another one. And, you know, I would just say a lot of times you get what you what you give. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I I can't say that I would have done the same thing that you've done on some things, um, but I respect your decisions. And I can only tell people that, you know, the one time that we disagreed, we sat down, we had a conversation, we we walked away with no hard feelings and everything was resolved. And I think it was probably just a misunderstanding, which does happen on the the typed word a lot of times but
2: Yes. So anyway. That's the biggest that's the biggest thing we we face is inflection. There's no inflection in the typed word. So, you know, you can you can take something and read it two different ways. You can read it positive or you can read it negative. And um I'll give you an example. Um I've been in camp with Biggie Hoffman I don't know how many times. I've been around him at banquets and whatnot many times. And I know Biggie Hoffman, and Biggie Hoffman will say to, he'll say to me, he'll say to anybody that seems he can't with, you know, when we're just cutting up or whatever. He goes, "Oh man, you just need to get a life." Well, you know, I don't get mad because it's Biggie, and of course, how many times I had to defend, had to defend, me, defend Biggie, <laughs> in, um in on the forum because he'd tell somebody, "Oh, you just need to get a life." Well, they thought he was really really meaning to degrade him, and he was just being jolly old Biggie. Biggie. Yeah. And so the inflection is the biggest problem that we have. Is mm-hmm. yeah, some people say it's lack of communicating communication, but we are communicating. However, that inflection is not there. And if we could communicate with inflection, which I'm working on, by the way, um, <laughs> I think it would be a whole lot better. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it's like I said. You no, know, we're we're not a, we're not about compounds, and I'm not against compounds. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for compounds, probably, because I didn't know any different. Yeah, I grew up. Uh, eight years old, shooting a longbow and and w- but when compounds became readily available, you know I was like a freshman in high school, and I just thought that was the thing you did. I mean, everybody's getting compounds, but we get compounds, and I, I, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know a lot of people know this, but I killed three deer in thirteen minutes on October seventeenth. I can't even remember the dang year now, but um, with my compound, in the next two years. I went hunting, and I got down and went to the house, and I didn't go hunting. I wouldn't get up and go to bed and go hunting or go hunting. I'd draw down on a deer, and I wouldn't shoot it, and I didn't know what was wrong with me. And um, I thought, this is crazy. You don't even like to hunt anymore. And then I found out about traditional bow hunting again, and I had a rebirth. And, oh, I've never let up, you know. So... You know, I've done nothing against compounds because I, I would not erase any of that those memories in my life either. But uh, yeah, track Gang is about traditional bow hunting, and that's that's the way it is, you know. And we try to keep it that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's interesting, you know, as, as you're talking to a couple of guys that work in IT, and you know, dealt dealt with the internet a whole lot on on different levels and in different groups. You know, I, I look at. Uh, You know, got a nonprofit, about 500 members, and, you know, we can get together and everything's great. And, uh, you know, if a chat starts happening online, then I've seen some really, really good men that had a severe misunderstanding that, you know, really went wrong. So written words, uh, complicated, and then... The other thing is, as you have the Internet joining, right, as you have have a bunch of people, you know, uh, that particular uh, nonprofit has about a thousand active people online and it's open to the public. And there's a certain portion of the public that, you know, maybe is not mentally well or. You know they're they're chemically enhanced and saying something out of character, <laughs> or hey, see how PC I can be if I need to. Um, but you you know you have those things, and um, you know I'm dealing with a thousand people, and Terry, you're you're talking about tens of thousands. I I, I last time I checked, there was a lot of registered users that um, had been to the site not just as a guest reading a an article, but actually created a login so hats off to you guys i mean i know I, I booted somebody yesterday uh zero warnings just gone and uh you know you just you do what you have to do to preserve you know the heart of the thing and i you know that's how i found trad gang and that's why i i joined and that's why i've uh, been on for so long so Thanks to you and your your team of moderators for for keeping it classy.
1: And I want to be I want to be clear about what I was stating early. I was never banned.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Steve, Steve, I got to cut. I got to get in here. No, you're right, Steve. You weren't. And there's there's one thing I want, There's a big misconception that all of a sudden you break a rule and I ban people. That is not. That is the furthest from the truth. Listen, there will be people that will say that regardless of what happened, and I know that. But but Steve, there are people that I give rope. I give them more rope. I make rope. I make rope. I go borrow rope. But they finally hang themselves. But I don't get credit for that. You know, oh no, I didn't do anything. Well, no, everybody that got banned. Everybody that got banned didn't do nothing. Okay, that, that's according to them. But but I give them rope. I do. I give people rope. I give them leeway, and finally they hang themselves. Oh, I've seen it. I've how, seen however, it. How, it's a it's yeah, a long. How, however. However, there are people that dive bomb kamikazes, okay, and and listen, we've had people that got banned that were named Pippi Longstockings, okay. I'm, I'm just going to throw that one out there. That's about as far fetched. I can come up with some other ones, but we banned Pippi Longstockings. Now you know I didn't give Pippi I didn't give Pippi no rope, okay. I didn't give Pippi no rope because we we all know that was a joke, but uh, or you know they're, they're a sick joke, but. But no, I give people a lot of leeway and try to work with them. And like I said, we had an issue, Steve. And what I do, I gave you my phone number. Call me. We'll talk about it. Call me. I've called people before. Um, I'll be calling people in the future. I'm not exclusive or elusive or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. I try my best to. I try my best to, to work with people. And I try my best if somebody's if somebody's got a topic that's really borderline, not really being traditional bowling related. I'll change the topic to put related, you know, put something like with bow hunting, you Mm -hmm. know, or, uh, you know, or I'll even add a sentence, you know, I say, would you do so and so and so and so and, and I'll just go in there and I'll edit and say, because I'm thinking about doing this in bow hunting. And then I just, you know, because I understand they didn't say it, but some people are going to say, well, this isn't about bow hunting. Well, it could be. And so, but some of them are not, and some of them are blatantly not on topic.
1: But. Well, and I'm not. I'm not going to get into the details of it. But mine, yeah. Again, I don't even know if you remember this or not, Terry. But it was. It was. Uh, I was a sponsor, and the 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 message that I think that you sent me was something along the lines of, uh, you know, I I I took a, I, I removed the sponsor tag from your name, and I'll refund the remainder of your money. And I said, well, we need to talk about this. I want to know what's going on. And and again, we talked about it, and everything was back to normal, and that was the end of it. So I just I wanted to make sure it was – because I I have seen – I know it works both ways. I mean, I know there's also been examples of people that were banned that tried to come back and create fictitious accounts with fictitious names, and those were removed immediately. I know that kind of stuff happened too. But I'm talking about the people that were breaking the rules that – there was a lot of rope. So I uh, you know, I, I I guess it's one of those things where people need to understand there's there's two sides of every story and a lot of times what you hear is, Well, I didn't do anything and I got banned. Yeah, I don't I don't buy that. I saw enough of it to know that that, that kind of stuff didn't happen. There like you said, there was a lot of rope. Yeah.
0: You know, if you guys don't mind. Shift. I'm a super positive kind of guy. Yeah. So we've talked Let's a lot about the negative side of the internet. Yep. Terry, I see all kinds of good stuff over the years on Trad Gang, right? The community stuff, people helping each other out. I had things where I was going on a hunt and somebody bought a bow for me and, you know, they had a good reputation. So I just, you know, I sent it before the money order got here. Like, you know, you just always hear about like the good thing from the core group and you have to see more of it than anybody else. So can you think of... Any of those situations, anything that you saw oh, or you were part of?
2: Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, we're going to get the hunting stuff, by the way, first. Um, <laughs> you know, there's when I say that, I mean, there's – one the one great thing about tracking is all these group hunts that have happened over the years that have put people together that would never, one, have met each other. Number two, we have never hunted species that they had never thought they would hunt and, and go places they never thought they'd go. And, you know, we've had group hunts where people have come from all over, even different countries, and uh, hunt together in different states and different um, terrains, different environments, and um, uh, different species that, like I said, it's just put so many people together um, over and over and over. And, um, you know, it's like, you know, I got invited to go out and antelope hunt, and then I got, you know, the guy came back and hog hunted with me. He's got antelope, I don't, I got hogs, he don't. All this has gone on with people all over the internet. Um, you know, we've had a lot of instances where the, and I, like I told you, I wanted to I wanted to create a a campfire a cyber campfire that was um, representative of, of the character of the traditional bow hunters and and here are some things that, that really means a lot to me that's come out of Tra Gang, which is actually is actually have shown the character of the traditional ball hunter. And that is, um, you know, we had a, a member that was a, he was a very big fan of track gang and, um, and group hunts. And um, so was his dad. And, uh, you know, he, unfortunately he passed away and he mm-hmm. left two kids, uh, you know, and um, his uh, dad was also, like I said, a big, of a track gang and group hunts. And and when the track gang did something for those kids, uh, you know, we uh, put together a little auction and a lot of people jumped in and um, we presented uh, the grandfather with a check for $17,000 and something at Salina Ranch uh, to get those kids into college. Um, that came from traditional bow hunters. I don't care if it was track gang or not, it don't matter, but that was just a facilitator i guess and then um uh we used uh we used the forum for some other things um uh, and uh, such as you know the saint jude's auction oh my gosh i mean you know when you get a bunch of people together and and, and people want to trade hunts and trade bows and and they get things they never thought they would get and this that and the other and everything's great and um but you know, when you have uh, two dozen cookies that goes for
0: $6,000, <laughs>
2: you know, I mean, why is that not on the nightly news?
0: Mm.
2: You know, why is that not on the, I'm talking about national news. You know, that's the thing that you wonder, because it ain't about the cookies, you understand? Yep. And, and and to watch that unfold and the people, uh, forming corporations, and, and one guy had, you know, he had, he was, he had a bunch of money and he, he had some friends who had a bunch of money, and. And so he made a huge bid. And so the other guy that was bidding, he he got some – he formed a company and started getting investors, and they'd catch up to him. And then he'd say, I'm going to call it a marker. Boom, he bumped it up again. I think was $6,000 for cookies. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the next year, this little girl named uh, Delaney made some uh, pies – no, some cakes. Excuse me, some cakes. She made some pound cakes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Delaney's pound cakes went for $7,000. Um, that's the character of the traditional bow hunter, uh, you know – they're not just takers; they're givers, and uh, and then there again, this uh, St. Jude's auction, uh, we've we've raised over eight hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. We're on their wall of whatever I don't know what you call it, some kind of wall that Doug, you know Doug Campbell's um, been a big big part of that with us, and um, you know me, I, you know I set the forum up, and Rob helps me set the forum up, and then uh, Doug Campbell, you know, he makes sure all the funds get allocated to where they're supposed to go. And, um, he went to, you know, St. Jude's and, you know, got to watch the, our plaque get put up on their wall of something. I don't know. We met something, some, you know, uh, level of contribution that we actually made their wall. And, um, like I said, that's, uh, my name's not on it. My name ain't on it. Charlie's name ain't on it. Kurt's name ain't on it. Uh, Stephano's Stefano's name ain't on it. Trag gang's name is on it, which is all kinds of bow hunters that, uh, shoot traditional bows. And, um, and then, you know, we have some other things that have happened, too. Um, you know, Charlie Lamb was uh, all geared up and had his whole truck packed, and he was going to go on this hunt for like three weeks. And um, all of a sudden, he made a post, and he got robbed, and everything was gone. I'm talking about his knives, his boots, his socks. They stole everything out of his truck at the hotel. And um, we, started, we just rammed up some stuff for some donations, and Charlie never missed a lick, you know, and um, that's just the power of trad gang and that, uh, to facilitate the genuine hearts of traditional bow hunters. That's all trad gang is, is a facilitator. And that's why I'm so protective of it. people. I just want people to know that's why I'm so protective of it because traditional bow hunters, are, they're salt of the earth people. They should be represented that way and presented that way. Yeah. And so that's, that's why... You know, I, I do what I do and and try to protect it. And I'm very protective of it. And I'm sorry, maybe I'm de- protective to a fault at times. But I guess that's just part of it. I mean, somebody have to deal with it because I don't know any other. I don't know any other way to be. So, um, but there's been some other things where, you know, a bowyer passed away and his widow didn't have anything. And you know, we sold off a lot of his equipment and um, to help get his, you know, his wife some money and stuff. is just there's just stuff that's even uh, we had even had another guy that died and his family died and there was one son was left and we had an auction for him um, and it's just it's just been a lot of things that come out of track gang and, and I just want people to realize that and and not forget about it especially people that sometimes will throw the whole site away over some silly disagreement because their post got pulled because it wasn't on topic and they throw away all this stuff that I mean, I don't know where else you can get it, you know. I mean, you know, we we have people going and hunting with Gene and Barry Wenzel for God's sakes. I mean, you know, and group hunts, uh, all these memories and stuff, and I just, I just, sometimes I don't understand why people leave. Uh, but, but I can only do so much, and uh, I've enjoyed it. And I wouldn't trade it for nothing.
1: Well, and there's a, there's a lot of, well, i'm just i will throw through a few personal ones out there and tom i'd I'd like to hear about the the bow that you're talking about just real real quickly, but you know I've met a lot of people face to face either directly or indirectly because of trad gang as well um in fact, Tom and I met indirectly because of trad gang we you know we we met on one of uh, Ray Hammond's hunts. At, at wild things. So, you know, and met Ray because of trad gang. I've met Biggie Hoffman indirectly again, because of trad gang in the, the smoking acres, I think it was smoking acres, um, hunting club that, you know, that he had down in, in, uh, near gray. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it, I had a situation with a bow. Um, I tried when I first started trying to, to hunt with trad, tried several years unsuccessfully with a recurve and just never, never really found any consistency with it. And, um, Joe Coots from Trad Gang talked me into going to our local North Georgia traditional that I'm a solid member of now, but, um, went up there, tried a few longbows, fell in love with longbows, saw some consistency there, immediately came home, posted on Trad Gang what I was looking for. And I, and I honestly, I've, my, the messages I had to clean up messages and I can't even remember the gentleman's name now. I'm ashamed to say that. But, um, one gentleman said, I've got a, a John Schultz and you know, that bow was probably, he could have probably got $650 for that bow and, and sent it to me without a dime, told me to pay him when I could. And I think he asked $200 for that bow. Um, so, you know, I, and I'm sure there are, you know, thousands of stories like that Tom what was yours real quick
0: man I know there's so many there's so many better ones than my travel logistics being a problem with selling an old bow um you know Jerry what you were saying about you know the the people you'd you know meet up with to hunt or the species you'd hunt you know I I think you know when we look at Uh, the hunting circles we would have been in 40 years ago or 30 years ago. It's the people that live, you know, within 20 minutes of your house and you're hunting the stuff that's, you know, an hour away or whatever. And I I think the good thing about the internet is a lot of the people I've met, I mean, they've been coast to coast, different countries, all varied interests, but all, you know, good, honest outdoors people. Um, you know, like one of the big things about hunting hogs down there is the big joke about all the Yankees that flood down in the winter. Right. I mean, (laughs) uh, and it's true. I mean, you look at wild things and then the the people that would book, and it was a lot of people from North of the Mason Dixon that, you know, it's cold up here and nothing to hunt and perfect time to come down and neat to see someplace new. Um, drug Steve out West a couple of years ago. Um, you know, so it, it's pretty darn neat when you get around to different places and, you know, you can meet the people that you've been talking with online. I don't know. I, I, I can't even imagine what my life would be like if I, if I hadn't stumbled into a hog camp and, and chased pigs, you know, it just is incredible. And there's none of that around here. So, but Post on Trad Gang, hey, we got one bunk open for two weeks from now. And I jumped on it, and, you know, sometimes the entire course of your life changes in a, a simple PM scent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I talk about those neat little surprises. I just got one this week. Uh, went out to the mail and opened it up, and a guy named Bud in North Carolina, rip it open, said, uh, from Flint field and I opened it up and it was, uh, three Flint broadheads from, uh, from our last hunt together. He'd picked up the, I trucked him out there in the, the, the ATV and he picked up a couple rocks and chipped them out. Just so cool. Those little, those little things, you know? Yeah. No. And I totally forgot until you brought it up, Terry. I bought a dozen cookies at one of those auctions, <laughs> which is really funny because I'm diabetic and I couldn't eat them. And I can't remember what I paid mm-hmm. for them. It seemed like it was a lot, but I got the cookies and uh, I took them down to the archery range that night and left it on the table and some of the young guys ate them up for me. But uh, yeah. not really about the cookies. Uh, yeah. It's all about all about the doing good. And yep, how about... Um, you know, you mentioned you mentioned some like scholarship sorts of things. Um, anything stand out about helping kids find their way? Because every once in a while, we'll see some some young adults pop up on Trad Gang, you know, and, and looking for for direction.
2: Yeah, um, we used to have a, a forum called the the TP, and that was. Um, for kids like 18 and under and um, it didn't get much traffic and um, I think there's uh, some work that needs to be done and um, we have to look at how to do it because it's changed even since track game and how to, to reach younger people and promote traditional bow hunting in today's world because you know tr- people don't realize and that's the thing that I think that there's a, going to be a problem in the future that we're going to have to try to deal with on Trag Gang. Is there's going to be new people come to Trag Gang that are not going to understand that now Trag Gang is not just about traditional bow hunting, Trag Gang is about traditional social media. Because we were pre YouTube, we, we were pre eBay, we were pre, we call it this Instagram, and, you, you know, and Facebook. Um we've been around for a long time and, and you know, I've been trying to look at things that we need to do different to try to reach younger people. And, um, because if, you know, that's, that's our future, you know, (laughs) and, um, and a lot of them are coming in here and they don't know why a track gang was started. They don't know, uh, the reason it was started, not just why, but the reason. And, the purpose and they're used to all these other social media places now that aren't regulated. They're just free for alls. And so I guess when they come here they think that it's free for all. So we're kinda we're kinda battling that a little bit to hey, whoa, 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 here, you know, um, this isn't the recreation department. You know, you gotta put a suit and tie on to come in here. You know, that's that's sort of an analogy that you gotta come in here and be reverent. This ain't this ain't the, you know, like I said, the rec department down here. Um, some kind of pickup game off on the side. This is this is professional stuff in here. And that's the thing that, you know, I guess that word professionals, I guess that's applicable to traditional bow hunters. I certainly think it is because most people I meet are very professional human beings um, as well. But um, that's a whole new challenge that uh, I'm willing to accept any advice on because I'm kind of caught in a gap. Um. Uh, my dad would not be in the gap. My dad would be over in what was and wouldn't even consider what might be. And that's fine because that's what he did. But then we have this, you know, this generation that um, is coming up that don't know what was over here. And I'm in the middle. I see my dad's side and I see these kids' side. So I got to, you know, I want to hang on to my stuff too, but I I have to understand that I got to figure out what they need, which may not be what I want to do, but I, you have to do what you have to do to to continue to pass the torch to somebody else. Mm. And um so we got to keep track game going whatever that is and however that must be um, and it's going to be a challenge because like I said there's there's so much free for all out there and it ain't free for all in track game. I mean it's just not. Yeah. And uh so well
0: Terry, I I'd, I'd I'd offer this to you. So a couple of weeks back I talked about uh, are boomerangers right the the kids that grow up shooting bows and then they 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 disappear for a decade and a half, and then they show back up with their kids, right I think uh, I hear a lot of complaining by adults on social media about the fact that it is a free for all and it is unstructured and how they have to quit all the groups or you know leave all the channels or you know whatever. And they all speak fondly about trad gang. So I am wondering if we're going to be in a phase where some of the people that haven't been logged in a lot start logging back in a little more. And I think, you know, when you set an expectation with a a young person of what is acceptable behavior, I, I, you know, the kids understand it, they seem to be pretty good to respond and... You know, if they understand the rules, they can follow them. So, you know, case by case, just bring them up, you know, bring them up to the, the level of everybody on the board and you know, treat them like grown-ups and expect them to act like it.
2: Yeah, well, you know, Steve, I know who I'm talking about, but we had someone that came back not too long ago. And, well, about a couple of weeks ago, matter of fact. Yeah, that was Nick. and uh, Yeah, and, you know, he was... <laughs> He was talking about social media, that how crazy it was, and that you know he was wanting to come back and jump back into the track gang because you know he just and you know and that is a compliment um, to track gang and um, because um, it's a place you should be able to come and and be amongst friends and and like I said I don't know Steve I've never met Steve. But you know, at one point I'd never met Tom, but I know exactly what's going to happen when I meet Steve. It's going to be the same as when I met Tom. Everything's going to be cool, fine, hunky dory. You know, it's just the way it's going to be. Well, I appreciate your faith in me. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, you can form these friendships online in a place that allows you to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you can go somewhere where you. I don't. That may not happen, but. On Drag Gang, you know, you you can interact with somebody for two or three years. Next thing you know, you meet them. And it's almost a non-event when you meet them. All, all you're doing is getting to look at their face for for real, you know, um, because you've already got each other's persona pretty much figured out um, and your likes and dislikes and, you know, whatever. And, um, yeah, I'd already accepted the fact that Tom was a Yankee. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's. I'm just kidding, Tom. Just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really neat um, sometimes, and um, I was it was a nice compliment for him to say that you know he was coming back to Trad Gang because,
0: you
1: know. Well, and Terry, after we after we finish recording tonight, I actually want you to hang out a little bit longer because I do want to talk to you about a couple of things. But uh, I saw that you had created an Instagram account for Trad Gang, and I think that is definitely a a positive step. And I've, I've got some other ideas that I think you could use social media to your advantage that I'd like to talk to you about. Not necessarily on the, on the show, but um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's one of those things that you may have to embrace it in a manner where you can control it. But at the same time, you're, you're, you're using it and leveraging it to reach some of these people that either you know, have have been away Mm -hmm. and want to come back like Nick or maybe they they just there's a lot of these people that they they just don't participate in forums at all. Um, And, you know, the the good part is they're getting fed up with social media. The bad part is they may still have that. You know, there's a sense of instant gratification that so many people just love about social media that that's part of what you have to overcome is you know that that's i think that's just why social media is as popular as it is it's just that instant you know you got to have it now and they that's also what gets them in trouble a lot of times because they'll they just say whatever comes to their brain with no impulse control but You know, one of the things that I actually had on the the list here and, and a lot of these little topics we're kind of getting into just by way of the conversation, but I mentioned this to Kurt a couple of weeks ago. You know, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see if some of this isn't going to be cyclic where, you know, a lot of people started, you know, moved away from forums, not just trad game, but a lot of forums because they could find that same thing on social media and it was instant and they could do it by their phone and they, you know. Um, but now they're seeing the negatives of it. And, you know, I think a lot of them, but I don't think Nick's just an example. I think there's going to be a lot of people that, that start going back to forums, much like Tom, well, though, I'm talking about the old, uh, distributing computing versus uh, mainframes, you know, where it just keeps, it, it comes back around. I think that's what you're well,
2: saying. yeah. Well, the, the thing about this thing about like Instagram, it's great for what it is. Okay. Um, You'll get you know a thousand views and you get nine comments. It's great. You get you get you get exposure. You you throw something out, and don't ask me about Facebook. I've got two friends. Okay, I got I got Rachel and Sarah Green are my friends. Now listen, I'm going to admit it right here. She's forgiven me, but I blocked my wife because <laughs> I didn't I didn't I got all these I got all these. Uh, Inspirational quotes on how to be a better husband, <laughs> and I couldn't deal with that, so I said, "Honey, you're not my friend anymore. Uh-uh. You're my wife." So anyway, <laughs> I don't know much about Facebook, but you still no, but seriously, you st- you have some intriguing you can't get on Facebook and you can't get on Instagram. Those things are great for what they're for, but there's not a brotherhood there. There's not a there's not a conversation going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a series of pictures going on there. There's not nobody telling, excuse me, sorry, pardon my poor English. There's not anybody telling a real lengthy story and timing it with pictures like on track mm-hmm. And also, if you think about, I mean, the reason we spent money and time and time and time to convert the site wasn't because we wanted the new and upcoming stuff. But we knew that thing wasn't going to be supportive for a while. And it was going to get to the point to where we might lose something. So we converted all this. But we have a wealth of information. I mean, we've got over 15 years of uh, traditional bow hunting. And what you've got is you've got pretty much pre-social media. Okay? Now, if you go to Facebook, are you go to Instagram, how many times are you gonna see a picture of Howard Hill? Who's gonna be talking about Howard Hill? Are you gonna is anybody gonna show any movies of Howard Hill? No. No. We him. We got Paul Schaefer. We got uh, you know, Pearson, um, you know, we've got Ron Leclerc. I mean, how many I mean, we've got this stuff cataloged, they'll be here hopefully until the end of time. And um I don't know what's gonna happen with Facebook or how you gonna how you gonna search on Facebook for Ron Leclerc footage? I mean, really. I don't. I don't know. Maybe there's a way, but it's got to be a pain in the butt. Well, all you got to do. All you got to do is go to the pioneers forum, and there it is. So, you know, track gang is this really this depth of knowledge, um, historical knowledge that we're bringing back because some of those people from when we started brought back stuff from the fifties. Mm-hmm. So now you know. So, um, yeah, I, there's the forums do have a a task, and um, that they perform and that other four or social media can't do and so I think they're always going to be around and you know when we did that conversion what we didn't have before was the number of views a thread gets and that mm. is well, I always wanted that but we couldn't do it I always wanted it but we couldn't do right. it and that's that's one thing that's really amazed me is you know I'll give you an example um, six months ago it was time for a guy to renew his, his sponsorship and I send him an email and he said, I'm going to pass this year. And I said, Hey, I want to give you a call. And I gave him a call and I said, Hey, what's, you know, is there something wrong? Did we do something? I just want to know. He goes, Oh no. He said, I'm just not real sure that, you know, I'm getting my bang for the buck, you know, on the forum. And I'm just not sure with all this other social media. And I said, okay, okay, that's fine. I understand. I said, but listen, if you ever want to come back, just let me know. I really appreciate you supporting us all these years. And, um." Uh, you know, I'll be in touch if you know, anything comes up. You, you do the same with me. Well, two days later, excuse me, I had to put away this cough here for a second. Um, let me have to do it again. Hold on. Two days later, I see a post about one of his, uh, I'm just going to say hunts. Um, there was a post about one of his hunts. And I said, I'm gonna I'm going to email him I emailed him and I said, uh, "I know we chatted just the other day, and I hate—I really hate to bother you, but there is a post on uh, the Powwow um, that's been running for about three months, and it's pushing six thousand views. You might want to check it out." I got an email thirty minutes later that said, "Checks in the mail," and that views really shows what's going on at Trad Gang. and that there's—you're right. There's there's a small percentage of people that actually post. Compared to the people who are reading, and that's always what I wanted to know is what is the percentage, mm-hmm. you know, of how many people are looking versus how many people are posting. And it's absolutely amazing how many people are viewing some of these threads. So.
0: Yeah, I, as a as a professional lurker, yeah, I read a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, and my thing is I always meter out what I, before I respond to something my ability to respond to whatever response I get. And so a lot of times it stops me from posting, but I mean, what's going on? I mean, it's just, it's the pulse. So I know, I know I'm definitely in the majority. There's a lot of us that read quite a bit on there and don't post a lot. It's just so much stuff.
1: And and I've been noticing that, that lately too. Um, you know, when I post Uh, a new topic around, you know, the the latest podcast, that kind of thing. And you see, you know, they'll start getting a few replies, but you're seeing a lot of people are actually looking at it. Uh, And then on my website, a lot of times I can see, you know, I see if it's a, if it's a redirect from Trad Gang where people go to the actual um, post on the traditional outdoors website. So it was always before the upgrade. I know what you're talking about. You couldn't, you couldn't see those things. So you didn't know that people were actually looking at it, um, which is pretty cool. Um, Terry, I know we've, we've talked about, um, I've mentioned uh, Kurt and, and Charlie and and those guys on here. And one of the things that, um, or really the bulk of the conversation we had with those guys were around some of their, uh, their great hunting stories. And, um, you know, before we get get too long into this thing i don't want to rob you from the opportunity i would love to hear you tell one of your favorite hunting stories um can be related to trad gang or not related at all we just you know love to hear a good hunting story for you and i'm sure the listeners would too oh man um not to put you on the spot or anything
2: (laughs) no 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 you're not putting me on the spot i'm trying to figure out which one's my favorite that's a trick question um well, I, I've written about it on Track Gang, and I'm sure a lot of people have never read it because it's, it's been quite a while. But, but, um, it's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of them are special. Um, and, uh, it's, it's it's not just the hunt or what I killed, but it's, it's where I was at and who I was with. Um, those, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, you can have a lot of special hunts on your own too. Um, as you get older, you think, you know, um, who you shared that hunt with or that moment with and, and I have a friend here, um, and he's definitely a lurker. He doesn't post. I don't know if he's really posted much at all in track game, but uh he's one of my best friends and um you know he and we were going up to Cahuta Wilderness and I know Steve knows about it and I, Tom doesn't know about it, but
0: his through, through times. God,
2: Well, it is. Well, okay, it is. It is a, it is a a wilderness and um, um. Pretty rugged. And anyway, uh, we'd be going up there hunting, and um, (laughs) and I remember uh, going up there for years hunting, and, and my buddy he was still shooting his compound, you know, and and um. He was on a hunt with me, and and some things happened, and. He couldn't see through his peep sight, but I, I didn't have a peep sight. <laughs> so so he gave, <laughs> let's just put it this way, after that little hunt, he gave up his compound bow because uh, it was a little bit too dark to see through his peep sight. <laughs> mm-hmm. And anyway, so uh, that's not the most important hunt. The most important hunt is we've been chasing bears for years. Uh, his name is Doug Johnson. And um, like I said, you probably will never see him on Trad Gang. But um, we've been hunting uh, for years uh, – and putting together the puzzle, and and we'd we'd seen bears and passed on small bears, and um, we just loved going to Cahada and giving up our uh, bow season for deer, chasing bears up there in the wilderness, and and um, so it's one of those crazy years where we we went like on opening opening day, and then something happened and we were just both so busy. I don't know what. Usually we'd go a lot, but we didn't go back to like the the last weekend before, as Steve knows, they have this they have this stupid gun hunt right you know, during bow season, mm-hmm. um, which is ridiculous. But it was the weekend before that, so we went went up there and we we got there kind of late. And I had another guy with me. He doesn't post on tracking. He's another, my two best friends were with me, and um, and the other one he he had hunted with me a time or two, several times, been in Cahutta, but not as much as me and Doug. But um, so. Uh, Doug goes on his way, and we're going to meet up somewhere. He's going to do his stalking and and kind of checking on stuff, seeing what he finds. I'm going to I'm going to drop my other friend off named Keith. I'm going to drop him off at the saddle and tell him just to be still that anything can come by here—hogs, deer, or bears—and and, and uh, so I took him up and dropped him off. And I stalked my way down, and I met my friend uh, Doug where we're supposed to meet, and um, and he kind of gave me a lowdown. and I said, "Look, I said it's I said it's five o'clock." let's just let's just go up in here and you get on that side of the creek and I'll get on this side and let's just ease up through here and you go over there to your area and you pick out a place because we ain't got much left to do. And I'll go over to my area and pick out a place. We, didn't, we said, oh, he said, okay, so we got in there and we were side by side because it's narrow. We are side by side on one side of the creek and all of a sudden the creek splits. And so he's going to go his way and I'm going my way. So we just kind of nod. And we didn't more get out of sight. And he hollered, bear, bear. And I'm like, what is he hollering for? Why is he, Why is he hollering? You know, my first instinct is, why is he being quiet? You know, and of course, he, I was like, what? And he said, bear, in a tree. I said, so all of a sudden, I start running over to him. And he's probably 40 yards from me at the most. And I go jumping across this little creek and come flying up. And he said, yeah, there's a bear, man. He's pointing up in the tree. And, and um, you know, he's standing about. I been about six feet from the tree, and all of a sudden I'm looking up, and I'm about six feet from the tree. And this this bear's about seventy feet up in this tree, and um, I see it. It's moving around up in there, and I have to, I'm sorry, I have to laugh because it was just it's just one of these beautiful things where two friends share together. I'm fixing to tell you, and um, he this bear's up there doing his thing, and all of a sudden this. This, this tree goes up, and it's 70 feet. It, it doesn't split. It makes a U split. It's a U. It's just the prettiest U you've ever seen. And it's a white oak. He's up, uh, this bear's up in this white oak, you know, tearing the hell out of it, getting the acorns out, and and we've disturbed his dinner, and so he's moving around up there trying to figure out what these idiots are doing below, <laughs> and well, you know, the, my friend Doug, he's over here at, um, uh, you know, if I'm at 6 o'clock looking at the tree, and 12 o'clock's behind the tree, Doug's at ten o'clock, and so the bear he's situated. I figure what's going on, and all of a sudden, he sticks his head through the u, and he's looking straight down at me like I owe him money. <laughs> and so he's looking down at me, and there's a gap between the u and the tree and his chin, and that's his chance because when he looked down, he's hiding his neck. So there was this, just there's just you know this gap you know. And I don't know what happened. Nobody told me. Nobody said anything. The next thing you know, an arrow was sticking. And it just went right into his chest. And it made And my buddy Doug goes, "Uh oh!" <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I swear, I He goes, "Uh oh!" And here comes this bear. He comes, <laughs> he comes sliding out of this tree. And it's the funniest thing. He comes sliding out of this tree, and my buddy Doug is gonna shoot him when he hits the ground. But my buddy Doug doesn't realize that he's gonna jump at fifteen feet and about land on Doug. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he, I'm serious. This is, I have to laugh, but this is hysterical. Um, <laughs> Doug's, I not kind of see the bear and I see I look at Doug and I see the bear sliding down the tree like a fireman. You know, they dig their claws in and they just look at look down. They dig uh, their claws in and barks flying. They're sliding down. And he got to fifteen foot, and my, my buddy Doug, he was ready to shoot that thing when it got on the ground. The next thing, bales off the side of the truck, and and he just shoots in self defense. We have no idea where his arrow's at to this day. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and, uh, and so the bear goes behind the tree, and I swing draw, and I shoot into a cedar, an old cedar stump. Like I'm stump punting. I mean, it's a stump shooting. It's the most perfect thing that I swung draw in these white pines and. And uh, I let go, and all of a sudden, I shot a perfectly heart shot, a beautiful cedar stump, and the the bear goes flying off. And I think I put in there something like um, he was swallowed up in the white pines, like you know, a Batman going into the Batcave. I mean, he just all of a sudden he just disappeared, you know. And I was all this chaos of bark flying and the noises of him hitting the ground and and breaking limbs and stuff. And all of a sudden, it was just deathly quiet. And we were just looking at each other. And this is the time I used the flashlight. We got up there, got on the blood trail. And we were following the blood, and then we got in the white pines. Uh, the, the first white pines he went through was just the, the what do you call it, the, uh, uh, the apron, I guess. like can golf the apron to the, uh, the white pines. Um, so we were following the blood trail, and all of a sudden they got in those white pines, and it was so overcast and dark. Um, I got that flashlight out, and... We both kind of knew we have been in that area a lot, and he said, "Look, I think I know where he went." And I said, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. Same place I'm thinking." He said, "Well, I'm gonna go check it out." And I said, "Well, look, make a wide turn. Don't get, don't you know, don't whatever you wherever you think he went, don't go where you think he went to get there." And he goes, "No, I'm not gonna make a loop." And so I'm following this blood trail with, um, with my flashlight, and um, in the daytime, and all of a sudden I hear him hollering. And I mean, he's hollering like, I don't know what's going on. He's hollering bear, bear. And he says, he's making these Indian noises. And I'm like, what and is my, is my friend, get, I'm serious. I'm thinking, is my friend getting mauled? And so I go running up there and listen, this guy's as excited as I am. It didn't matter who shot the bear first. It didn't matter who shot it last. I shot the bear. It was going to die. It was lethal. I shot it with a big old two inch silver flame. You know, the large one. Mm-hmm. And I'm, some of you, some of the people listening, may not know what that is, but it's a hatchet. It's a surgical hatchet. is what it is. And so, this deer was. This mean, this bear was not going anywhere uh, far, um, or my friend would not have gotten three other arrows in it. Okay. So uh, yeah, my friend uh, shot every arrow in his quiver, and uh, he was excited as I was, um, and that's what the hooping and hollering was. That he had shot it, and shot it, and missed, and shot it again. And it fell over and he was ho- hooping and hollering because we both had killed that bear. And to this day, that's the way I feel. We both did. We both had chased him and we both helped each other. And and um, I, I put the lethal shawl on the, the bear and he got to get three and he got his joy out of it too. And I guess that's, you know, that's, that's a, I mean, I got a lot, but that was really special because two guys were chasing the same animal and for it to happen like it did, it's just really a, a great, great memory that that two friends would share something that they'd worked so hard together um, in that fashion.
0: Yeah, that's a great story.
2: What year was that,
1: Terry?
0: you remember?
2: Oh,
1: no, I don't. I was just oh, curious. I, I was just curious.
2: I, I don't remember what year. Actually, uh, there is a thread on Tragang Gang about it, and the title of the thread is, can you guess... Can anybody guess the title of the
1: thread? <laughs> no. I'm not going to even attempt it. No.
2: <laughs> the, title the, thread, the title of the thread is, uh-oh!
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's... I was actually going to say this earlier when we were talking about the, you know, can you find this on on Facebook and so forth. And there are so many stories. And that, you, you know, someone would have to... You'll have to put your creativity hat on in, in some of your searches. But, uh, you know, there... Charlie Lamb and, and a lot of the stories that he's told on Trad Gang, and, and we talked with him about this a little bit, but the the biggest contribution, in my opinion, that Charlie has made to Trad Gang is in the the copycats that he's created. I'm one of them. I mean, you know, a lot of times when I sit down to put a, post a story on Trad Gang, I've done it with Charlie in mind about how he goes about posting these stories. So there's... There's hours of reading material um, from the history, like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. I tell you, I I, I am actually uh, absolutely inspired by by Charlie's stories and and the other copycats. And uh, I was telling one. And so for me, you know, I leave hog camp. I got a 15-hour drive. I get home just in time to go to work. I got a week's worth of work piled up. So I, I do, like, a post. And then it's another day, and then I'll do a picture and a post. And it's another day, and so this poor, these, these poor guys were reading this thread about this hog hunt. Some of the guys suspected or knew that I'd got a hog, so they're waiting for the, the end of it. <laughs> and Two or three days into it, I just I see Charlie Lamb post. And he's like, this one, this one's starting to get good, or something like that. It was like, <laughs> it was just a, a, a beautiful compliment. It's like, okay. I'm in the zone. And I, I really, I mean, the, the neat thing to me is I really felt like I was contributing to trad gang in that time. It's like, okay, this is one of those stories that people, people are enjoying. And, and it's in a format that wouldn't fly on any other media. You know, it's, it, it was like serial fiction with cliffhangers every day. It, you know, um, if people haven't read, enough Charlie Lamb they should go out and read and uh, just so many so many great stories out there from so many different people you know he I think he gets a lot of a lot of credit for for for, instance you know the idea or the the technique but so many good stories out there
2: yeah Charlie was the original storyteller on Trag Gang and we actually had a story time mug that has Charlie's two of Charlie's pictures on it that we sold at one time and and, um, yeah, it's what, you know, he does is he gives, he gives you something to enjoy, but he gives you something to look forward to the next day. Mm. And some people get aggravated with it, you know, but I never did. And a lot of people loved it. I mean, most majority of people did love it because it was like they had, no matter what was going on in their day, they were going to go home and catch up with Charlie Lamb's story. They had something to look forward to at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm not kidding. That's the way it was. Um, and other people started doing it as well. And, you know, sometimes these stories are just, they work out so perfectly. And it's uh, me and Kirk Cabrera have done this several times where we have gone on hunts together. And we'd contact you. Are you ready to tell the story? Yeah, you got your st- Okay, yeah. Okay, well, I'll start it off. And then I would start and say what happened. And then he would pick up exactly where I stopped talking and he would, go into his part of his story and then we would just go and without even contacting each other i knew he was done he was pausing and and i'd go in and here he'd come and it was just like did we really do that he goes yeah i don't know how but it was just so fluid that you know it was they'd get a dose of me then they'd get a dose of of kurt you know and then the next day there would be another dose of me another dose of kurt and it was just and I see other people doing like you said what Charlie did and it's really fun and sometimes you will have two or three stories going at one time that you look forward to every you know even even with coffee if you didn't get to read it at night you know you get up in the morning and you read that before you go to work and and you hope there's something you can read when you come home it's mm-hmm. kind of neat but Charlie was a yeah he's a master at that and um and, I, and it's, it is it is cool that you, that's one thing you won't get on Facebook no. you're not going to get that on Facebook and you're not going to get that on other weapon site. Okay. To be nice, you know, and I, cause I am going to be nice. Cause like I said, I'm not knocking, but you're going to get, you're going to hear more about, I killed it with this equipment and that equipment. And I bought this here and I bought that there. And I got a deal on this. You're not going to get the, the leaf fell off and wedged in between my quiver, you know, mm-hmm. as I was starting to draw the bow, all this stuff that is captured by, um, some of our hunters that, that really know how to spin a yarn, you know, it, um, you're not going to get that on Instagram that's not happening nope. and that's why I think that the forums will always be around and I hope they will uh, as a way that creates a campfire um, and a group of people that even though they may never meet
1: they're still kindred spirits well I know I know Nick has obviously by his emails to you and um, i'm I've made a commitment to try to start posting more than just, you know, uh, you know, once a month or whatever. And, um, you're right about the stories though. And, you know, Charlie inspired me. I remember some of the ones that Tom has, uh, written now. I, I will say a lot of times I knew when Tom was going on hunt, so I would look for those stories when he got back. But, you know, there's been many times that I've seen stories like that started where I find myself going back, three and four times a day and refreshing the page just to see if there's been an update. And mm-hmm. and I've told the stories and done the same thing. You know, I will tell part and then I'll get to a good spot to stop and I'll stop. And then I just wait to see, you know, how many responses I get and how many people are itching to get, you know, the rest of the story before. I And make them wait a little while because that's that's part of the the fun of it. And like you said, there's no way you can create that on, on Facebook. It it would, it would immediately get lost in the white noise if you tried to do that. Um, So yeah, people are really missing out on a, on, on a, a special experience. And again, not, not just Trad Gang, there's a lot of good forums out there. And we didn't even mention this, Terry, and we're, we, we really need to try to wrap this up, but um, you've also got black powder gang, which is, um, uh, related to black powder hunting. Um, so maybe we'll get you on here another time and talk about that a little bit. And then you've also got loop addictions, which is for, uh, fly fishing. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of good forums out there. Um, and I, I, I do hope we're going to start see uh, a resurgent because I didn't realize how much I had missed it until I really started going back you know, a few months ago and actually spending some time. And, um, and like I said, that kind of led to Nick doing the same thing. So very cool stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, first I'd like to apologize if I, some of my words ran into themselves because I do have ADD (laughs) and sometimes my words will not keep up with my
1: brain. No, you're fine. (laughs) Um,
2: Um, but, um, second of all on the black powder gang, I've never shot a muzzleloader. Um Rob De Stefano uh he's been hiding something from all of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. He's the black powder man. Yeah. He's uh he's really into that and um not that he's not into traditional bow hunting, but he's also big into that. Um
0: Well, I got to tell you Terry, I, I I've been looking at his HTML and CSS for a while and I I kind of suspected it.
2: He's uh, he's been interviewed a time or two before. He sort of has been called the man in a certain area. So you might want to get him to do the black powder game. Yeah, I may, I may I may do that. Yes, because I wouldn't be of much help with that. Like I said, I I watched my grandfather and my uncle and my dad um, shoot muzzleloaders, but I never took that up. I do, I do have my grandfather and my father's muzzleloaders sitting here, and one day I'm going to shoot them. And one day I may go kill something with them, but at this point I have—you'll be talking to the wrong man. But Rob Stefano, yeah, he'll give you some stories.
1: Well, I will. I will definitely be reaching out to him. You can. You can definitely give him a heads up that I'm going to do so. Because um, yeah, I'd, I'd actually love to. I'd love to have him on. So, yeah. well, Terry, we've we've managed to keep you tied up here for for 90 minutes. I think we've we've done enough. I know you're 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 having problems with your your cough a little bit too so i don't want to keep you talking too much you might i might wear out my welcome and you won't want to come back this
2: has been a blast steve don't kid yourself you need another two hours we can keep going
1: <laughs> we, well it we we, 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 we got it <laughs> i know you don't
2: have, got, i know you don't have another two hours but i'm just saying don't be apologizing i've enjoyed this
1: immensely yeah but we have to treat it like a charlie lamb story you don't give them it all at one time people want you to come back so we'll 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 definitely, okay. Well, we can do that. We'll, we'll get you back on again, but absolutely, it's been a, it's been an absolute blast. Um, I've really enjoyed it, Tom. I, I, I'm assuming you've enjoyed it. Yeah, sir. you can assume. <laughs> yeah, I had a,
0: had a blast, Terry. It's been way too long. So good to catch up with you. Hopefully, we can go uh, catch some fish or or chase some hogs sometime soon.
1: Yes. Well, Tom, thanks for for stepping in uh, and and being my my co-host tonight. Terry, thank you so much for joining us. We've really, really enjoyed it. And again, I'm going to hold you to that, hunt. We got to get together. We got to get together and shake hands sometime soon.
2: Yes, sir. We sure will. All right.
1: Have a good night, guys. Take care.
2: Thank you. Thank y'all. Bye bye.